And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on her YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic with Zuby RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. everybody and welcome to another episode of the Magic Azubi podcast. My name is Zubi and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's show, we brought on none other than Rachel Weeks of the Command Sphere podcast and she also is part of a D&D stream called Better Than Heroes. Um, we brought her on to discuss her you know, stand-up comedy and what it's like doing the podcast, her experience on game nights, as well as we talked a lot of Commander. Um, just a lot of magic and just everything else under the sun. So before we begin, uh, let's get a little bit of announcements out of the way. If you want to help support the show, you can help support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzubi. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at magicwithzubi, on Instagram at magic underscore th underscore zubi. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com. And we are... Once again, as always, sponsored by Cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, trade, and sell your magic singles. A very, very awesome website, great group of people, and here is Rachel Weeks. Hey everybody, Zuby here, and I am back with you all today with another awesome guest, uh, Rachel from Command Sphere. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about some magic. Yeah, so I brought you on today. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your morning. Um, you're about three hours behind me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you were just telling me right before we started that, um, you know, you're in L.A. and things are still really locked down over there. Um, how what's it mm. been like during this whole thing? Because the biggest thing that I keep hearing on the news and from other people, because my my company's headquarters is in L.A. and um they like a lot of the people I even talked to, like some of my coworkers that live in LA, they said like, Oh, everything's been shut down. You know, they tried to open up a little bit during the summer. Then they just shut back down again. And there's been like feelings of frustration because as I said, right before we started was Florida acts like nothing has been happening. So it's, we, we were yeah. shut down a little bit and then everything just sort of opened back up. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are worse than they've ever been. So it's it's definitely frustrating when it's just like people are pretty are pretty um, 
not so worried about it because it, you know, it's not better than it was in, in May when our numbers were terrible. Um, but I mean, being in LA has been interesting because it's, you know, it's, it definitely feels very responsive. It, it feels like we're shutting down and we're, we're having safer at home orders and we're, we're doing all these things that you're supposed to be doing, but our numbers are still, you know, still climbing. So it's, it's tricky. I wonder if it, if, um, it's not enough to have the States regulate it just because there's so much travel in between. But yeah, maybe shutting true. stuff down just isn't all that effective. I mean, at this point, we have um, restaurants are completely closed. Bars have not been open since March. Um, wow. Retail shops have been given some, like, a little bit more leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're at capacity, and they have to meet certain standards. Um, our LGS has been open for a while and does allow some gameplay in store. Um, but... They they cap like capacity is capped and and all that so everything's closed um, but you know you get you can get used to anything yeah I bet um it, it's sort of like during during the early times of the pandemic the only thing that were really open around here were mainly grocery stores and they were you know had the limits on how many people could go in and all that but um yeah it, that's still happening it, it's like pretty much around June July things started opening up like wide open except for movie theaters essentially uh over here yeah and it's still like that um and and now i'm seeing more and more people not wearing masks at all and that's what worries me the most it's um because just for sure it's with the amount of old people here in florida it's like you you think they'd be a little bit smarter you know um It's but. um, it's hard because it sucks. You yeah. know, it really does. It sucks, and it sucked for a long time. And people don't want to do it anymore. And yeah. that is as simple as it sounds. It's people people don't want to do it anymore, even if it's you know going to save people's lives. Um, but you know, it's you you have to really find a balance because. Like we're not meant to just sit in our house by ourselves all the time. (laughs) Um, So you have, you have to do something um, and figure out, you know, how to make those risks safely uh, or take those risks safely and protect the people that you're, you know, that you love that are in your life at risk. Um, Particularly in LA where so much of the city is young and alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's um, like most of my friends don't have families that are in their home. It's like them and their roommate. And that's like, you just can't hang out with your roommate for nine months. Oh, I know. Um, No, I know it's, it's, we've been trying our best. Um, you know, my wife and I will try to go out at least once a month still, but it's usually somewhere open, you know, not like, I mean, even though restaurants are open and we've been to a few restaurants, it's, I still don't feel the most comfortable in them. You know, mm-hmm. um, but if it's like an outdoor eating area, I'll feel better because um, they're usually pretty spread apart. But um, so, you know, that kind of leads to a question. Um, I know you were recently just on game nights. Before, before yes. we transition, before we transition to the next thing, I'm sorry. Should I be recording anything on my end or am I OK? No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Sorry, yeah. sorry to. No, that's okay. That's okay. I, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, you don't. You, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be recording anything on your end. Um, but um, but what I want to mention was um, you were just recently on game nights, and with this whole pandemic going on, um, you you know, ha and I don't know if you can talk about it or not, but what was the um pre preparation for that like? Um, did you all have to get tested sure. for it or? Like before you could so show up on that's set. Pretty typical, um, that's pretty typical in LA like process to get on set is just everybody's tested within within the week of okay. it. Uh and then when you're when you're off camera, you're all wearing masks and you're distanced and doing and doing what you can. But you know, the city of Los Angeles is uh is based on exactly studios and sets and in person stuff. So that is the the process that people have gotten used to is just making sure you're tested very regularly and right before you get on set and then being okay. safe while you're on set. So, you know, it's, um, we, we did our best, um, to, you know, let the, the show go on and all that, but yeah. yeah. So that, that was your first time on there, right? On game nights. It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, did, had, did they mention at all? Like, had they, it had they had to change anything the way they have to do because of the pandemic um that you know of um that i know of no i mean we wore masks on set and the crew wore masks and we got tested beforehand and all that but as far as i know they're they're sort of business as usual okay okay but they're in a very like tight-knit community so yeah. it's, it's like you, you keep a close eye on it Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not like it's a big Hollywood set or something like that where there's hundreds yeah, yeah, and hundreds yeah. of it's people. Um, yeah, it's very yeah. limited. Yeah. So you know, you know, switching to game nights here real quick. You know, what was that experience like? Did you was it fun? Was it enjoyable? It was incredible. I mean, it was such um, uh, it, it was it was so insane to be, like I got a I got a message from Josh Lequai on Twitter and I was like, what? <laughs> um when uh like I I've been playing Commander a few years. I started um right around Ixalan and um the reason I started playing Commander specifically rather than the like sixty card pile that we were playing is because of game nights. I found it online, watched mm -hmm. it and was like, This is the format we should be playing. I mean, we're already doing like casual multiplayer games, but this at least has rules. Um so my whole playgroup switched over to commander because of game nights and then when you get to be on set and you get like i got to play with with joe who's one of my friends um it was an incredible experience and our game of course was awesome <laughs> it was exactly what you want a commander game to be oh that's awesome it's awesome to hear um now now how long did the actual recording take for that uh we were there most of the day oh okay and that's and that's just shooting the game and re and recording reactions and getting set up and you have to the game goes very slowly because you have to be very clear and precise about when and how you move things so it, it doesn't uh, it's not as relaxed as a regular commander game but <laughs> oh, that's cool that's cool so you've been um you started this podcast with uh, Dan Sheehan is that I'm saying mm -hmm. it right? Um, no, that's right. Yeah. The the Command Sphere podcast. How did that come to be? Like, how did that brainchild start? 
Oh, I got Dan back into comedy as soon, or got back into comedy, uh, into magic as soon as I moved to Los Angeles. Um, cause I moved from Denver. I moved away from my play group and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to build a new play group. Um, and I started with comedians that I know had played. And so I, so I sort of dragged Dan back into magic and he jumped in with two feet. We, um, were watching a ton of content and we were like, you know, nobody's doing just this, this extreme focus on, on like jokes and just like a making it just fun. Like nobody comes to Commander Sphere for card recommendations necessarily. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just because we're we're fun to listen to. Um which is great. Um it, it it takes a lot of pressure off us and lets us, you know, sort of joke around about this thing that we love. The it's it's interesting because it's such a niche thing to be like we do jokes specifically about magic the gathering yeah and like that that was never i, th- I think i've been trying to figure out how to get it to work on stage like doing stand-up uh, about about magic and um D and i was like you know what this is just going to be better if we do it right to the people you know so yeah and yeah. And, and it's been a big hit you guys have been around yeah. um when did you all start was it last year like late last year and we were coming we were coming up on a year december 21st was our first episode oh wow wow so Mm -hmm. barely a year old and barely a year yeah and you guys have sort of hit the ground running with it and that's awesome we got really lucky with people that were uh fans of the show spike peters were hugely supportive in the beginning um sheldon mentory has been insanely supportive um so we just got the bumps from the right people uh and i've been sort of making minimal magic content just on Twitter, post, like regularly posting about it and had developed a little bit of a following at that point. So we had like sort of just enough of the backup to, um, to get moving with it. Um, and we, awesome. we were very lucky. It's been great. That's awesome. Now, has it been now for the podcast itself? Is it just you two working on it? Is there anyone else behind the scenes that works on it as well? Or Nope. We, it is just our, us two. Um, our friend Cameron made the theme song. Um, and he's, he's a comedian out of Chicago and wrote a, an incredible theme song for us. And, and we have a, a plug song as well. Um, and that is, we keep it pretty small for now. Um, Dan does the editing. I do all the design and, um, That's awesome. most of it's off the cuff from there. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So with you also being a stand-up comedian, um, mm-hmm. how long have you been doing that for now? Oh, I've been a comic for, um, oh gosh, I started right out of college. So this this is seven years, but does this year even count? Is <laughs> right. kind of part of it. Um, yeah, like I haven't, I've been on stage once since March. Um, and I've done a couple of Zoom shows, but it's, yeah they're definitely not the same the same thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i it'll be seven years in may nice like where have you performed before that's any place noticeable or anything or i mean comedy clubs around the country i've done a couple of like little tv spots i've done a number of big comedy festivals uh i started performing in des moines uh so i was in des moines for a year and then i moved to denver I spent three or four years in Denver and I've been in LA for two. So, um, and then you, and then you travel. I've, I've done a week in Atlanta. I've done yeah. 
um, shows in Indiana and in Florida and, you know, sort of wherever, wherever they will have you is the, is the deal. Any noticeable comedians you've worked with before? Um, I regularly worked at Comedy Works, so sort of whoever whoever came through. Um, I got to open for Kurt Braunler, who's one of my favorites, and uh, gosh, um, Jessica Kearson, who's a wonderful comedian out of um, New York. I opened for Christopher Titus. I opened for... Um, Boy, my brain sure isn't. That's uh, yeah, right. Isn't Sorry. With, with the list, but yeah, <laughs> like it's uh, when you work at a at a club. I would like multiple times a week. I um, I got to open for a number of pretty cool people. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I mean, is that still sort of your passion? Like, still trying to break into uh, comedy stand up, especially it's, after uh, this that's year. A complicated question. <laughs> uh, after. <laughs> That's a complicated question. I moved to LA to not necessarily perform, but to, to write, mm-hmm. uh, and comedy was going to be sort of my, my back door. But, um, the question is, is if that door even exists anymore. Um, so at this point, uh, most of my energy goes less into stand up and goes more into, um, I have a live play D and D game that's on Mondays and then the commander sphere, of course, and just, making whatever I can with, um, with all the windows rolled up. Oh man. So, I mean, what does it even look like for you? Like, let's say the pandemic ends tomorrow, right? Things open back mm-hmm. up. You know, what does that look like for you as a stand-up comedian? You know, is it something that you're wanting to get back into? And, you know, you mentioned you want to like try to get into writing. Is that still something you're mm-hmm. trying to break into as well? with all this yeah i mean that's man it, it's such a question i uh, <laughs> i don't really know i stand up is going to be in a totally different place i think when things open especially in los angeles there's going to be a lot fewer indie opportunities and a lot more just sort of big famous people who want to do stand up again and they're going to get all the stage time that they desire because yeah. um, the clubs will open good- fast but like the indie shows in LA that are in, you know, the back of pizza shops and I ran one out of an LGS and like in people's homes, those, it's going to be a lot slower start for that. Like all of the open yeah. mics probably have to start from scratch because you're, you're looking at clubs everywhere or like to a real hit money wise, a lot of bars, obviously. So asking to have an open mic on their Tuesday night when, when things are, you know, so financially unstable is going to be a big question. I mean, um, that makes a, I, I never really thought of it like that because it makes sense because, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, with stand up comedians and all that. And that's the big thing. A lot of them are saying like, oh, as soon as this is over, I can't wait to go on tour or open up. And all that stuff. I, I guess I never thought of for someone like you who's not, you know, huge, you no know, national name and all that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be really tough for people like you. It depends. It's um, it's possible that everybody, everything just sort of snaps back to normal. Everybody goes to the bars that were hosting them before and we're like, all right, we're ready to resume. Um, but we don't know if there's going to be an audience. We don't know yeah, if it's true. Um, like it's it, there's just so many variables that it's like stand up requires s a lot as for performers and s for space and um, an audience. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 
getting getting those things together is not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen in two years or in four years. That's true. Um, it's it's going to look very different on the other side, and I don't know. I think every comic is going to have to decide if that's the kind of comedy they want to do. Oh man, yeah. I guess I didn't really think about that. So you know, sort of sliding into something else here. Um, say when things start getting back to normal, Magic Fest start opening up. Uh, when are you, Dan, and Jason Alt going to start the uh, stand up Magic uh, comedian tour? and all that <laughs> i would love that that would be incredible <laughs> that'd be awesome I, the, the funny thing is is like dan and i haven't been to a magic fest our our big magic fest was going to be in in vegas we were going to go oh go this year yeah yeah yeah, yeah so was i we yeah. haven't been to a fest before <laughs> so it's like like we just have to get used to what those even look like <laughs> yeah i know right it, it's we start doing anything because pretty much I mean, Channel Fireball was one running the Magic Fest for the past two, three years, something like that. And yeah. they've pretty much all but dissolved the the event side of the company. I, I mean, they were forced to, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, they, there's nothing they could yeah. do, you know? Um, yeah. So when that even starts coming back and what that looks like, it's um, it, it'll be interesting to see. But I think that's a great idea, you know? Um, I mean, not for every single Magic Fest, obviously, because there's some that are just not small but even some of the big names like vegas um seattle what are some other big yeah, ones? I, I i know dan and i are, are just like whatever we can do yeah to, um to like be able to put more energy into this podcast is is where we're excited to do um dan and i both work full-time jobs right now so it's like it puts a pretty serious cap on the amount of time we can put into the podcast oh um, i know i know how that feels <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we, we have the full-time job, and then I I do this um, this D and D game called Better Than Heroes, and that's with comedians as well. So it's you're you're uh, getting get pulled in a lot of different directions, but we're oh, yeah. we're doing our best to make sure you know we're, we're producing the highest content that we highest quality yeah. content that we can right now. You know, I'm glad to talk to another uh, you know content creator who's got a full-time job, and um, you know, and. and just trying to do that life work, you know, you slash side business hustle and it's all that so stuff. Hey, oh my gosh, it is. It's like, so early on during the pandemic, I was not only doing the podcast, but I was sort of working full time. I mean, well, I was working full time, but um, I'm in healthcare. So like everything and, and a lot of what I, I'm in radiology. So since a lot of that's all elective mm -hmm. surgery based, it just took a huge slowdown until about the summertime. So first couple months is I was doing sure. nothing like at work and I'm just like talking to my boss like am I going to be fired or something or, or put on furloughed or mm -hmm. it's like no don't worry about it um just just keep doing what you're doing and but so then I started streaming more and then I started doing more podcasts and all that stuff and I had more of this free time but now that work is picking back up it's like I'm finding it it's like shit j just the podcast alone is enough work and I'm down to like streaming once a week now it's like I can't keep yeah, up with it all yeah it's um we um we're we're starting to to stream weekly just just once a week um and and it's a ton because now i'm you know streaming basically as soon as work ends monday night and then as soon as work ends tuesday night and then we have to find some time to record and then on top of that there's 
you know, we're, we're trying to do stuff for our patrons and I am trying to make sure I have the, all the assets ready for both for D&D and for Commander Sphere. And, um, and, and then, you know, you, you like, like life stuff, just being a magic player is, takes up a ton of time, like upkeeping oh, yeah. decks and, and finding oh, time God. to play. Yeah. And, uh, like it's, my decks are, are a mess right now. <laughs> Um, cause I ha- just haven't had the time to, to sit down with them and be like, okay, let's see what some of these commander legends cards are, are going to do to it. Right. Right. I've um, got, I've got like five <laughs> or six commanders that, you know, I've pulled from commander legends. That's like, yeah, I'm going to build decks. And they've just been sitting there for a couple weeks yeah, now. Like when, <laughs> when am I going to build this? And, and not only that, but, um, you know, I play D and D as well. And, um, I, I don't record any of it because I'm one of those, I'm a forever DM and, out of all the things that I have sort of performance fright over, it'd be DMing in front of people and all yeah. that. Like, like it the, sounds terrifying. It it, <laughs> it 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 is terrifying. Like even though I've been DMing for God, it'll be like fifteen years now, right? That I've been DMing, and you know, the, I remember the first time I went and DM'd at an LGS with just random people I've never met before. It was terrifying because you don't know how they're going to act and if they're pieces of crap and or if they like your style, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that, that's so tough. I mean, I can't even imagine doing doing that where it's just a, like a pickup game because um, it, it, so much about a good D and D game is finding people who work well together. Yeah, and and who click really well, and and who you know mm-hmm. just work well together as a group and you know trying to do that on stream is just no i'm good because i feel like i'd be forced to make it more entertaining than it probably should be and and i'm not saying that i'm not an entertaining dm it's just more of i don't want it to get to a point where just like every game happens where you slow down to a crawl because oh this one player wants to do this weird wacky ass thing and then you got to start digging through the rules book and fi- figure out all right how do i rule mm-hmm. this <laughs> yeah uh we're we're very lucky we, we have a very talented dm and he's he's been um doing it for a long time and um is very excited to do it live and he's very theatrical and um he's the only one out of us that isn't actually a stand-up all of the all of the players are stand-up comedians oh nice um which is even even harder because you know we'll just drift away on some silly you know pun or play on words that we found (laughs) so it's it's um but no it's it's an incredible game the guys that i play with are are hilarious and and very good role players so it's um Honestly, it leaves me feeling like there's a lot to live up to. Oh no, I I, I love um, that's one of my favorite things is when my players are just role playing with each other and I'm just sort of sitting back as a DM just watching the whole time. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite. Like like yeah. I I I had a session last night and every Friday night we usually play about four hours at least and the entire session was just pure role playing, like not a single combat encounter or anything and just yeah. is great I, I love those sessions the most where there's so much like you know story and exposition involved and just i get to role play like you know 20 different npcs while they get to role play mm-hmm. amongst themselves and it's great we we do two hour episodes we, we make them pretty quick um yeah partly because that's the easiest one to schedule but also because we like the feel of it like the pace is pretty quick and it feels mm-hmm. very episodic and it does we do get those full episodes that just give 
you know, you time to play. Um, we are playing a Spelljammer inspired campaign. So nice. a lot of like, so a lot of our downtime is on a ship. Um, and there's a few NPCs with us and, um, but it's a very like closed world. Yeah. Um, so right now we're like traveling through space, but you know, we have the players and then we have four or five NPCs that, uh, sort of come and come and go, but they're all, we're all trapped on this ship together. So it's an incredible campaign. I'm, I am lucky to be a, to be a part of it. It's so much fun. So, um, I know I, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched that show or anything or listened of to course. it. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's, just to be honest, there's so much stuff out there. I can't keep up with it all. But I, I know I've yes. seen you talk about it before, though. Um, mm-hmm. How long has that been going on for? That started in the middle of quarantine as well. I, okay. I do think okay. we just had our... 30th episode so oh, nice. 30 30 weeks okay um or so so it's not super long we we passed uh, the 24 hour mark okay uh, a little while ago so I it suppose, now. and you say each um, episode's about two hours long but it's been great yeah that 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 makes it easy to catch up because i'll be honest i've two tried hours, yeah. and all the episodes are on low two yeah oh oh sorry i think we're a little bit of a delay here real quick <laughs> um um but um I'm seeing that. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. But um, so I, I'm glad to hear that they're only two hours long because that probably makes it a little bit easier to catch up on because I've tried as great as Critical Role is and all that. I've tried so hard to get into it, especially starting from the second campaign. I can't do it. It's like each episode's way too long and I can't just focus on it. Yeah, I I love Critical Role and I have what, listened to a lot of it. Um, but it is it's very daunting. It's like it's yeah. like watching Star Trek for the first time. You're like, where do I start? Like it's just <laughs> there's it's a, there's a lot of it. Um, uh, we also we've broken ours into arcs as well, so we're trying to keep it very like you can watch just arc two and that's a consumable. Um, piece so arc oh, one nice. we just finished we just finished arc one and that has like 20 like 26 episodes and then arc two we we've we sort of finished what we wanted to do in the first arc and then we are we're now going on sort of like a a new journey um awesome. it's great yeah we didn't change characters or anything it just is supposed to delineate exactly where people can jump in Oh, that's cool. That's a that's a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. Before doing this, have you played D anD D much before this? Um, I had done some. I done a couple of one offs. Um, my main campaign. I, I was a part of a group in Ravnica that one of oh, my nice. friends DM'd, and I got to play. I played a halfling Golgari druid. Ooh, um, she was awesome. And so I was a I was a circle of spores druid. Oh, that, that that's my favorite cool. circle. Oh, that's it was, so cool. It was so fun. And and your Golgari, so you have like all these benefits of of being Golgari. I had a little pet horn beetle. It was, <laughs> uh, and then we had you, we had a gruel minotaur, and we had a tabaxi rogue who was into mirror. Uh, it was a ton of fun. It was like the perfect transition for me into D and D because, you know, I know enough about magic, especially at that time. I was still pretty new to magic when I got in, but, well, that's awesome. um, to sort of hold your interest. Yeah. Oh, in, yeah. in like the third day we got murdered by, 
Isperia. All of us just oh. got just got straight up killed by Isperia. Oh my god! What did and you guys do? We, we were uh, the his plan was the Orzov Syndicate brought us back to life, and we were sort of um, tethered to to them because they had our souls. And oh that. dang! Yeah, so we were we were sort of uh, murdered into the mob um, in like our fourth episode. <laughs> But so so with what did you guys do to piss off Asperia to get um to get them to kill you? The, well, the Orzov was kind of the bad guys in in this one. Yeah, um, not the Orzov. Um, I'm sorry, Azorius. Azorius. So, the Orzov was definitely the mob, but like the it was a corrupt government situation, and mm-hmm. Azorius was the, was the government. Um, I'm sure we just stuck our nose in the wrong thing. We were kind of. <laughs> brazen party um that's most parties yeah it was um it was super fun and it was very interesting specifically because ravnica is an urban town yeah so it's in it's enormous but like it's not it's not your typical D campaign where you're just like wandering through the forest just like yeah. no, you're in, you're in a city all the time mm-hmm. um, the whole planet is a city which is, the whole planet's yeah. a city. Yeah, there's there's no like there's no wilderness really. It, um, I mean, the only there's like the rubble. Yeah, like, yeah. The rubble belt. Yeah, yeah. That'd times, be like the only it's... wilderness per se. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. but even then, it's it's just ruins essentially. Um, but it's uh, also funny because our our D and D our DM excuse me didn't he played some magic but he d- didn't know much about lore so he would just sort of staple new characters in into the story, <laughs> uh, which was hilarious if you knew who the characters were. Like he he introduced um, Borborigmos had a brother and his name was Lou Borigmos. <laughs> <laughs> Did he turn into a Hulk? Or anything. He was he, he was just like another Barbarigmos. I'm sure he was like, you know what? We need another scary guy to like get in here to make to make us capable of fighting whatever we were fighting. Oh, and he just like <laughs> copy pasted Barbarigmos. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. It was it was very funny. It was a fun campaign. And so with that being, you know, you doing the spell jam- jammer game now too. Um, mm-hmm. Have you? Has D and D been the only sort of RPG you've dipped your toes in so far? Has there been anything else you've looked into? Um, not too much. I uh, we did. We're excuse me. We've done a better than heroes crossover with the horror stream, uh, stream of blood. Mm-hmm. And they do they do a lot of horror, horror RPGs. So we played uh, Blades in the Dark with them, oh, and cool. it was super fun. So the only other one really outside of D&D that I've played is Blades in the Dark. You know, you mentioned um, Star- and, I, and, I, and my, my friend like wrote one and I, and I helped him play test his. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Like a, like a little one. Now, you mentioned Star Trek. Um, you, you know, you should probably check out the Star Trek RPG. That's uh, yeah, that's out there. I, I bought the rule book. I haven't played it that's or cool. anything. That feels very spell jammer. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I haven't played the game yet or anything. I've just read through the rule book and it's it's almost like playing an episode of Star Trek, like like classic Star Trek of TOS or Next Gen or something. 
It's mm-hmm. it, it, That's awesome. It's like you can build characters that, you know, that aren't fighters or anything like that, but they're just, you know, mechanical engineer geniuses or, or scientists. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you have the security mm-hmm. guards and all that stuff, but they're pretty much built. Uh, they're stupid at everything else except fighting. <laughs> it, totally. <laughs> but, you um, have to have those characters. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it looks a lot of fun. Um, so, are you do you are you big into Star Trek? Do you like it? Um, I've I haven't watched it like sort of religiously as as so many Star Trek fans have. Um, I've seen that first like three seasons of Next Generation. Okay. Um, and I was like, yeah, I get the feel. This is great. And I, like I'll watch episodes here and there, but um, I haven't gone through the whole the whole library now. But okay. it's great. Oh, awesome. Um, one of the new ones that I'd recommend checking out, and I was totally against it when it first came out because I'm not a big Rick and Morty fan, is the Star sure. Trek Lower Decks show. I've heard it's fun. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It, and like I said, I'm not big into the whole adult animation uh, deal, but that um, Lower Decks was really good. Like, good, good to know. Definitely worth checking out. Um, so... Man, it's been um, it's been quite a year for this whole, uh-huh. whole God. It, it's been craziness. Um, you know, and you know, we actually got to play uh, together at Command Fest. Was it last weekend or two weekends? <laughs> I think last weekend. Last weekend, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, it was so fun. That was such a fun yeah, game. That that was great. That um, I I loved dying to infinite hippos. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest. That is, Feldgraf is one of my oldest decks, and it has sort of taken many forms. It started as a basic copy and paste from mm-hmm. the Commander's Quarters Feldgraf, um, and it's drifted a long way from there into what is now significantly less a group hug deck and much more just sort of a sit back and. Um, don't die until you can combo deck. Um, but it still has like, an, it has to have enough elements of group hug. It has to have yeah. enough of what you expect to see from a Feldegrift deck. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was not expecting, yeah. Yeah. I was not yeah. expecting some infinite combo. We're all dead type thing. Yeah. But, but that whole game, it just felt at some point, it just felt like we were all at a stalemate. Like, if yeah. I go and attack, you know, total MTG, that leaves me wide open for Dan to come at me. And then, you know, right. vice versa and all that. And I couldn't attack you because you had the ghostly prison. I had the ghostly prison, yeah. Which, you know, even if I did spend the mana to attack you, then it just leaves me wide open for the other two. And I'm all like, oh, right. God. <laughs> that that was, was a tough game. That was a tough game. We got we got into this spot where the ground was just so gummed up. And I think I expected, like, Total didn't have a, a ton of great attacks, but I think I expected more aggro out of that Walls deck. He was playing Arcades, uh, the strategist. Yeah. And um, I was a little bit worried about it just because... Well, yeah, he built you know, his walls the, up the, fast. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then the Ghostly Prison was sort of all that stood between me and a whole lot of damage. So... Um, but the Feldgraf deck is very interesting. You have to pilot it in sort of just the right yeah. way. You have to distribute hippos in a way that's like, obviously it almost got us killed. Uh, we are one of our patrons, <laughs> drunks, paid $100 to wipe the board in response to a crater hoof. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, um, 
that that was the best. I, I I was ready to like go to game two because that ended pretty quickly at that point. It ended very quickly. <laughs> I mean, Dance of Zuzu deck is very interesting because oh, yeah. it has so it has so many like little silly cards that you're that you're just like, what? I haven't seen this card in forever, but it still like needs a win count. Yeah. Uh, so it still like it still wins with Greater Huff sometimes, and. Um, it, it just it just went exactly off in that game. He felt he felt so bad because he was like, I didn't mean just to go off. Like it's a charity game. I'm, I don't want to just hoof everybody. Oh no! And but I mean that stuff it happens. So funny. Though. It's like it, like that's commander. Yeah, like I can tell you, like me and because I, you know, I've I've worked with Total for years now, and we both started like yeah. Magic content creation around the same time. Like he he and I both started like, you know when there wasn't a whole lot of people doing content creation and all that. So like he and I talked after the game, like we weren't mad or anything. We were just, we, we were kind of like expecting, okay, we're going to go to game two and all that. And yeah, but he, he was saying the same thing that I, that I am, um, that like if he were to attack, there were no good attack options for him. Cause he didn't have ways to, yeah. you know, keep surviving or something like that. Cause it's for sure. The, the ground was really gummed up. Yeah. But it was a fun game. Though. And I mean, that's kind of what's kind of what Feldegriff does. I, I used to run Sidar in the deck to turn to make the hippos unblockable Ooh. Um, to inc encourage a little bit more combat there. Um, ooh, ooh, you should have ran him so I could uh, start mutating my hippos. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's based on power, so it, you oh. wouldn't be able to swing with with the big guys. But okay. it makes okay. it makes it so like things with power two or less can't be blocked unless they have flying. I think so. Oh, unless okay. So like the hippos can only be blocked by flyers. It is, essentially gives them flying, but that it's weird. Weird makes sense. Um, and I ended up cutting it just because uh, the deck relied a little bit. It's a, it was a, it became less of a forced combat deck, and it became more of a like a keep the attention off me until yeah. until like I can do the thing. Um, which I I was I'm not very comfortable playing combo decks. That's not like it's I have two decks that are go infinite, and one is my Feldegraph deck, which is like a four piece combo. Yeah, yeah, I noticed um, it was quite a few other, pieces. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very tricky thing to put together. Um, and then the other one is my Rakdos deck, which is like a fairly fast deck. It's like designed to be a higher, yeah. higher power level. Um, but I, I've always sort of been okay with Feldegriff being an infinite combo deck because it's funny and it's complicated and it involves yeah. like... All of these things that you're just like it like it's not like you can interact at any moment if you have anything that you can stop there's a lot of permanence so that's one that i've sort of learned to to be cool with um but it's it changed a lot when karuga became the the companion oh so yeah it, yeah it, and, and, and i i was you know mostly for comedy reasons as yeah well. <laughs> yeah no i i definitely like the deck um and especially when you were putting together to combo, when you were putting together the combo pieces, I had no idea what you were doing, and that was the great part. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> the fact that you have to be like it's like treetop village is one of the combo pieces, and Dingus Staff is one of my yeah. favorites. Uh, to be to be fair, the deck got a lot worse when I had to take out Suture Priest. Oh, um, okay. Suture Priest sort of went was was the guy. Um, yeah. And now my only win con is like to resolve a board wipe with the Dingus staff, or it's, um, 
Oh no, what's her the, the Selesnya Silvala? You can deck the table. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a mess, but but it comes together more than you would think it does. Uh, it it was definitely fun to play against. Um, yeah, it, it's one thing I noticed at um because that was my second time playing Command Fest. I played er, like back in the summer um, with Channel Fireball, mm-hmm. and I brought to what I thought. Like, cause we all agreed upon that we were all gonna play like you know more casual esque decks. So I, like I brought my mm-hmm. casual mono green grun deck, and while everyone else was playing, right? yeah. Like my my table was I had Olivia, uh, Aaron Campbell, and Graham Stark, and you know Olivia's playing cool. some crazy ass combo. She milled herself, killed herself deck. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then 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 Aaron's playing, of course. Moldratha, aka Dredge, essentially. I think uh-huh, Grim sure, yeah. Stark's playing Tree Folk, and here I am with just mono green, boring beast. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> y'all are like playing really good decks. I should have brought one of my good ones. So that so this time I brought my Otrimi, my Salt Eye, because I'm like, it's strong, but it's not too strong, right? Yeah, uh, and it's fun. I think oh, Mutate is really interesting. I love that mechanic. It's so much fun. It's um, it, it's it's yeah. a lot harder on paper than it is compared to arena because arena for sure yeah. arena just does it all for you i don't have to think about it with with the mm-hmm. um on paper it's like shit i gotta remember all my triggers um and especially mm-hmm. that's a type of deck you don't want to play when you're tired either it's just way too much to remember yeah, there's there's just there's so much and like all the little things that get confused with mutate that you have to be so, you have to be so careful with some of those um but Otrimi is a very cool one. I don't know if I've... I think that was my first Otrimi deck. Usually if I play against Mutate, it's um, a graveyard guy. Oh, Brokos, I think. Brokos, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just like Otrimi because he, he's, he looks happy. So He's such a cutie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know Brokos technically is the better commander, but, you know, I don't care. Yeah. It's whatever. It's, um... No, you have to find the commander that, that just feels right. Um, yeah, I I'm going through this this phase right now where I'm I'm really weeding through a lot of my decks and trying to figure out which are the ones that are kind of going the distance for me and which are the ones that are are going to take a back seat or that I can pull some of the pieces out of to build yeah. something new. Because um, you know we just sort of reached a critical mass where. I'm not gonna. If it's not fitting in my case, I don't think I can. I can build any more decks. No, um, I know what you mean. I, I've been there. I, 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 ju- I just took apart like four or five decks just the this past week because yeah, just decks that like I enjoyed playing them, but I'm like they're kind of like a like a one trick pony where it's like they're always gonna do the same thing over and over again. It's just like all right, I'm done. Right. It's it's one of those things where. If you really love the thing, then it can then it can stay. But if it the decks that I've really gone, I've, I've kept around longest are the ones that keep you in the game for me. Like mm-hmm. I right now, I, right now I have an Orzov um, Kraven Regna deck. I've had it for a long time, and that's the one that's been on the chopping block for the longest because I think it just has the most moments where I just feel like there's no way I can win. Yeah. Um, where like if, if the commanders have been, have been killed twice and like there's been, if there's been more than two board wipes, the deck is just 
done. And I, I've been sort of trying to either make sure my decks are built to be more resilient than that, or yeah. just they can pivot into another plan a little bit easier. So it's um it's interesting. I'm trying to figure out what the how to build like a lower power deck that doesn't feel like you're out if something if something happens. Yeah, and and I feel like that's been a challenge that I've been learning especially this year because um I've been streaming EDH um like early on in the pandemic when spell table was virtual EDH and um mm-hmm. and when I first started playing cuz before this whole thing like I only had a few decks, but they were all like optimized to the max, and that was because I came sure. from a very competitive play group and you know face to face, and so I would have to build up to even stand a chance against them. Um, so when I first started playing with a lot of the people on my Discord, I was just wiping them back and forth, and I'm all like, "Oh crap, this isn't mm-hmm. fun," you know, because yeah. th- they're not having fun. So that's been a you real, really... yeah, it's been a challenge, like learning not to optimize every single deck but still make it decent enough to still play you know right and and like the the more streaming that you do the more groups that you play with the wider variety of decks that you need yeah um like i right now i rarely play rakdos just because he tends to be he's certainly not cdc edh but he's at the top of casual edh um and I've gotten a lot of play out of my new, I have a silly um, Riku Seven Dwarfs deck. That's not good. It's not It's not a good deck, yeah. but it's trying to do one thing and it's trying to do it in a really silly, fun, it's a fun deck to watch for the most part. Um, but figuring out how to make that deck fun as, as like a joke and also fun to play has mm-hmm. been a very delicate balance. Um, so... It, it's inter- it's an interesting what decks sort of get pulled out the most. Feldergriff comes out because it's very flexible and it sort of yeah. can play. It can play at a number of power levels. It'll get stomped if anybody's doing anything <laughs> super quick. But um, it's it's like a, a reactive, and you can you can help the person who's behind, and it's you know it leaves more room to adjust. Yeah. Um, but. The, the more powerful decks I have are, are that are like I that I would play at my LGS where our power level is actually quite high um, just aren't aren't really seeing the play right now. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like probably my two best decks are Crewfix, God of Horizons, mm-hmm. and that that was my very first EDH deck, and I can't get rid of my baby. He he's my baby. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um and Grand Arbiter. Top end of Crewfix is oh yeah sure <laughs> so yeah less fun to watch on on stream oh well i've I, I pl- I've played it on stream and dear god the last time i played it I've, i think i've only played it like three times on stream and the last time i played it i i wanted to kill myself because it was just yeah. <laughs> just ungodly like like I was is it, feeling is it like a like a prison deck what is well, what's it, the goal it, it's it's a very hard control deck and I'm just not going to allow anyone to do anything I don't want. I don't lock anyone out from playing anything, but I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you from doing everything you want to do. And the the win con is yeah. mainly uh casting approach of the second sun. Sure, yeah. That'll do it. And um, um 
but but that deck would that deck came that was born out of my LGS's meta because there were just so many combo decks going on at the time. I'm like, nope, y'all aren't going to have any more fun. <laughs> I'm going to figure out, yeah, I'm going to pack my deck with interaction and you're going to figure out uh, how to play something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, our, our meta is, I wouldn't say it's all, it's all combo decks, but it's a lot of, um, it's a, there's a few of them and, one of it, uh, Joe Johnson, who was on Game Nights with me, is actually one of the stronger multiplayer uh, players at the meta, at the LGS. So um, when you're playing against Joe, you just sort of know to to bump up power level. But yeah. he's not a combo player; he's an aggro player. So all of his um... decks are these like big mana gruel decks. Like his his main deck is um, not Saskia; uh, it's Naya. She is. She gives everything haste. Samet. Oh, Sa- oh, um, yeah, Samet. Oh, she's so good. She's so powerful. So his like his like his classic deck is is a Samet deck that we just know that it's like if you don't keep your boot on Joe, he's he's gone. <laughs> but it's not it's not a combo deck. He's just gonna like yeah. it's just an overrun type of deck where you're like in two turns he'll have a board and we'll all be dead. Um, oh man! So it's yeah. it's it's very interesting. Um, I, I I built a deck, uh, an aggro deck that was too good by accident for stream one time, um, and mm-hmm. it, it was a Boros deck. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to be too bad. You know, it's Boros. I, I, I'm I'm pretty. You know, so you board wipe me. I'm dead and all that kind of stuff. I'm you know whatever. And um, the deck, uh, it was Winota Allies. Yep. And I. I mean, like, I know Winota is a good card, but I'm like, I didn't think all the mm-hmm. ally synergy would be so freaking good with Winota. And I'm just like, yeah, like by turn five or six, I had like almost 100 life on board. And I'm all and I'm just like, yep. oh, fuck. Um, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> that is that's the interesting thing about aggro is when you build. So we talk about aggro as if it's a very um, it's, a, it's not a good strategy in EDH. Yeah. Right. Um, because it's very like it's it's breakable and there's no you you spend more like the goal is to be fast Mm -hmm. and then when you finally have a good like powerful aggro deck the table hates it because it's designed to go fast and you figured out how to but like you want to you want to be able to play it yeah these decks that that go to you know when we when we talk about power level in in edh you talk about how many turns it can win in Right, so like eight to ten is 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 like the the casual ideal, yeah. but an eight but an eight to ten aggro deck would win earlier because that's what aggro does is it's supposed to get under, so it feels it feels worse when you're playing a powerful aggro deck. I yeah, think. because the other players don't get to do what they wanted to do, and uh, right, which is what aggro is designed to do in dual in like yeah. if you're playing two people. Right, mm-hmm. is to you go faster so everybody else doesn't get to do their thing. Yep. So it's it's very tricky. It finds itself. It's in an this interesting sort of dichotomy. Spot yeah. Because everybody says it's bad, but it, when it's good, it's really it's really good, and it feels bad. Yeah. Like in in game night specifically, I take out I take took out Joe pretty early, and then um josh and i teamed up against jimmy to take him out when he was when he was a low life total mm-hmm. and it's 
it feels sort of like you're stepping on somebody when they're down. But when you're playing aggro, you just have to. Yeah. Like you, you just have to take the player out <laughs> because if, oh, yeah. like they're, if they find an answer, you're done. You're done. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're essentially a glass <laughs> cannon, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, like for every, every person you remove, you remove seven cards that can interrupt what you're doing. So it's, um, yeah. when it's good, it's, it feels it doesn't feel fun to play against it but like winota is one of my favorite cards that's come out in a long time i have a winota oh, yeah. dual commander deck and that's that's my baby right now uh, you have a what winota deck uh i play our, our store plays dual or a variant of dual commander oh 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 dual commander dual command okay dual yes d-u-e-l all right um so it's um like efficient commander decks that that win turn four or whatever. Yeah, she is crazy good. It's ridiculous. She's, she's nuts. Yeah, it, it's, it's um. They they just need to um. Isn't she banned in standard right now or something or? She's banned in brawl certainly. Oh oh, um, banned in brawl. She, they banned a lot of the pieces that went oh, with her in yeah, standard. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's they didn't right. ban her explicitly. So right now there aren't. Um, the there are the, there isn't a human to wheel into that I think people think is worth it. Uh, maybe in Caldheim but there or are something. there are like there are some fringe Winota decks that are yeah. in in standard. It's just it's just not the top of the heap right now. Yeah, I kind of stopped following the standard meta. What as soon as Omnath came out, and I know they banned Omnath and all that, but I'm like, ugh. they got there. I, yeah. I man, it's I love you wizards, but come on, it's. Well, why, why is every single new set coming out standards breaking it's like it never used to be like this like I've been playing like I started magic back in 1996 but I didn't really start playing standard itself until when return to Ravnica came out back in 2012 mm-hmm. I want to say and um you know so I've seen a lot of standards and all that but in standard I mean standards always had you know the boogeyman decks where you know, stuff has been really sure. strong and all that, but it's never felt like this broken before. Like with every new set coming out, something is just completely broken and warps all of magic. Like companions is a good example. Never before sure. something like a mechanic like that just warped all of magic really badly. And it's just, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I the love these powerful about- cards, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, I think it's truly because of Commander. The cards have to scale to a multiplayer format, and they're just pushing things just enough that that they will break their bread and butter. Like Omnath and multiplayer is good, but he's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he he's as good as four color landfall is, which yeah. is very. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, he's not breaking anything specifically. Um, but you know when you take that card and you scale it down and put it in a 20 life format you ruin it yeah Um, and i mean same goes for oko fires of invention teferi um god nexus of fate all that stuff oh man nexus of fate was a real blunder because it was you know they only printed it as a buy a box promo so it was like a bajillion dollars yeah that was well nexus of fate with I, i mean you shouldn't have instant speed extra turn spells is what it what it is <laughs> yeah because oh we'll print it at seven mana that's too expensive right no not with wilderness wreck 
right? Not with Wilderness uh, Wreck, and not when you have something like Growth Spiral as well, too. Yeah. And, and that was that was the last format of standard that I played in pretty regularly. Was when Wilderness Wreck. Um, that was Ravnica. Nexus, Nexus of Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Was was biggest, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and yeah. That, now, that was... now, if I play on. If I play on Arena, I'm playing Brawl these days. Yeah, I mean, I'll still play Arena. Um, I mainly play Historic, though. Um, mm. And I, I find that a little bit more fun because, you know, as they're starting to put in the older cards and all that, it's a little bit more fun for me. But, yeah, it's... I haven't even touched Arena. Like, ever since the new World of Warcraft expansion came out, pff, I haven't touched Arena in, like, weeks. I know it's yeah my, my friggin' addiction that, that's my the one game that I just I can't seem to quit it I can't quit you wow yeah I've been, I've been that is when I have stayed I have stayed away from just because I know what would happen I mean uh, and I and I don't have time yeah I mean I, I'm way better about it than I was like you know 10 years ago and all that stuff like where I would just play sure. it would consume my life but it, it's just and plus it's a lot more casual nowadays where you can spend like one to two hours and boom you're done with everything but that's also coming from a player who's played since the very beginning so I I, I can only imagine like say someone like you you got sucked into it like never experienced 16 worth of 16 years worth of content and all that just everything you want to see so it's um yeah. yeah I played a little bit when I was a kid. My my cousin was really into it. She's like, just come, just come and play a little bit. And I played, and I was at that computer like every day at her house. And um, I was like, this is, I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> I will never leave my computer. But I also like, I stayed away from magic for a long time because of that. Because I was like, that'll be a problem. And then oh, yeah. as soon as I started, it's been it's been three years, and I have. Like I work for Channel Fireball and right. I have a podcast <laughs> and I like that's all right. that's all I do. So. Like and, and you're deep that's into person I am though. Yeah, you're deep into Watsy now. Um you can not just yeah, magic, right. but now D and D as well too. It's, um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I all I'm, my money in, in the wizard's basket. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of the same way because I'll I'll I, I've also got a little companion podcast that I do once in a while. Um, I call it RPG Companion, where I'll talk about D and D. And sometimes I, mm-hmm. I've interviewed um, some D and D content creators, like I interviewed Ruben Bressler um, about his show, um, Broken Pact. Broken Pact, yes. Um, and then I also interviewed um, this other writer, Matthew Corley or Cordley. God, I'm so terrible at remembering names. Um, he, 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 he works for, um, have you ever heard of Cabold Press? No. Cabold Press is a, um, company. They, they do a lot of, um, supplemental D and D stuff. Not, not, nothing official, but they're pretty big in the whole, um, like third party sphere of D and D content. Um, they, they have the, probably their most popular works are the, the extra monster manuals they've made like tomb of beast or sure like yeah. monster codex and i had i have them and holy crap they're some like as a dm like they have some awesome monster ideas that i love running um so that's awesome i'm sure uh i i've never dm'd i'm always just sort of along for the ride so the yeah. the literature is not something i have i have dived into too much i own the player's handbook and i will mess around online a little bit but and and most of what we play is um, 
is homebrewed. So like I yeah. play, I play, a, I play a Thrycreen, which is based on oh the mantis the homebrew. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the mantis people. Um, th- those were actually yeah, they're not officially in fifth edition, but they were in um. They're in one of the older editions of D and can't remember which one. Yes, yeah. There, so there's a there's a five E homebrew that's um, I sent to my my DM and he was like, okay, we're gonna do all this, but we're gonna cut like a couple of these things out of it. Yeah. And I and I just sort of purposefully didn't play a monk because they're just insane with with monks. So. Oh yeah, because they have four arms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That um, would so be all the crazy. all the extra like you can already get a lot of extra attacks with a green on its own, and then yeah. if you add in all of like the monk stuff and the key points and all that. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> oh, uh, damn. It, it's spicy. Um. So <laughs> I I ended up playing a fighter, and it's been really fun. Oh. Wh- and I, I, I'm a I'm a two handed um weapon fighter, and I use a pole arm. So. What What's your subclass? I still get a lot of extra attacks. Um, I am a psionic knight. Ooh, that that's one of the new ones, right? From the it's one of, it's one of the new ones, and it goes really well with Rykrain that already have like you can already take a psionic ability feat. Ooh. Um. So I have I have like a little bit of magic, like it's yeah, it's it's little basic stuff, but it it comes in handy because we have a couple of a couple of little guys that if they get hit uh, is is a big problem. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Like, so I haven't gone through all of the Tasha's cauldron of everything, but the one Mm -hmm. class I have been through is the fighter, um, the rune knight and the, and the psy knight. Oh man. I gotta say like, those look so much fun. I'm playing an echo knight right now on my Sunday game and echo knight is so much fun. This one, um, I was, I was playing, I mean, I was playing a druid before, so mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my computer's gonna die. Let me. I know that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So just in case anybody is watching the audio, she's just having to plug in her computer real quick. So. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. No, that's okay. Just letting people know who aren't watching the video. I mean, I, I get yeah. more. I get more audio downloads. It's just YouTube. Um, I've got a small dedicated fan base who loves watching the YouTube videos, but it's totally. the, yeah. Majority of my downloads are from audio. It's um. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I started off. So. Yeah, it's I, I took away the YouTube channel one time because I'm like, you know, I'm done. It's it's too much work. And then yeah. I got like a few emails like, like, no. like, what the heck? You know, I was watching. I'm like, I get like 20, 30 views on my um, on each episode. So I'm like, what's the point? And they're like, no, we love it. Like, OK, yeah. fine. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> just for you people, I'll put it on there. <laughs> mm. It's like it's that's uh, it, so we're trying to, to figure out if we need to transition into doing YouTube stuff. Um, obviously, the, now is the hardest time to do it because uh, oh. we can't record together. Um, and typically, Dan and I would record. We just I'd go to his house and we'd record there. Yeah. So now, like we're already trying to trying to figure out how to how to make everything work. So I think maybe once once things recover, we'll we'll think about doing some some more video content. But it's yeah. a whole it's a whole another monster. Oh my god! Yeah, YouTube is like a whole another thing. It's like. When it comes to the podcast audio stuff, it's okay, get it up there. Make sure you get your RSS feed on every single platform you can think of to get it out as you know yeah. wide out as you can. Even like some podcast platforms I've never heard of. I'm like, sure, whatever. Maybe there's that one mm-hmm. random person out there that'll da- only listen to it on, you know, Hitbox or something or whatever it's called. Sure, sure. <laughs> you got to be there. 
and um and then you know then it's just the whole social media game you gotta get it out there so and then youtube is like the whole algorithm thing i'm like "Eh, whatever i i don't i don't care that much about it we're we're just getting into twitch i think we're just gonna we're gonna figure out twitch and then we'll go to youtube after that so yeah, Twitch is a yeah, Twitch uh, is a whole nother monster. It's like when I think of content creation and how, you know, there's the magic YouTubers and there's the magic streamers, and yet they're so different like in terms of like what you have to do in order to like become successful and all that. And mm-hmm. and after tr- after doing a lot more streaming than I ever have this year, I can safely say I do not want to be a streamer. <laughs> it's a it's a ton of work oh my gosh i'm still getting used to like streaming alone um yeah because like i I do i do this a lot i play D &D. like i was like i know how to stream and then you do like one box break and it's just you and you're like kind of talking to chat but it's you're just it's just empty in your headphones yeah yeah and And that that is something i'm still getting used to and, and even if you don't have a lot of people coming in you know watching you and you're just and let's say you've got people watching you, but none of them are chatters, right? And and you're yeah. just having to keep talking about the game, and you're just like, oh, it, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Try to the keep up that energy. The people who are good at it are the people who are good at it are incredible, and the people yeah. who and and then you can see the people who are not as good at it, and you're like, okay, like I understand why. Like I watch, um, we watch a lot of LSB videos, particularly mm-hmm. like um, Louis Louis Scott Vargas doing um, uh, Vintage Cube a lot, and he is a very gifted streamer. He's obviously a very gifted Magic player, but in terms of just like entertainment, and he explains everything, and he's always talking, and he switches back and forth from yeah. why we keep this hand to yeah, I made a pot roast this weekend. Back into this, it's um. It's very difficult, and um, it's cool watching it just be done really well. Yeah, I think one of the key parts of that is he kind of knows what he's talking about. That's 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 the real thing. It's like when I try to stream arena, like as try to talk my plays. Yeah, I'm playing this lightning bolt because I don't know, try and win, I guess, or something. Yeah, you get three (laughs) damage and seems good. Yeah, whatever. Uh, It is. I'm totally not thinking about the larger aspects of the play because I'm, I, I'm not I'm not competitive like that anymore. Like I tried getting in sure. competitive magic and thinking like that, but that made me start hating the game. Like I really started hating magic because it's just you become so consumed by it. Yeah, I, I mean know. that's it's interesting because it like it's it he's partly a good streamer because he's a good magic player, but yeah. Be, being a good magic player certainly doesn't make you a good streamer. I mean, so, oh, oh so yeah, for pros, sure. There's so many pro streamers that you watch and you're like, you are very good at this game, but you haven't said anything in four minutes. And you, yeah. you've got to, you really have to. <laughs> you know, I, I think what really helps, like even with me streaming and, and probably definitely what helps with LSV is doing this podcast, um, you know, inter- interviewing people, like learning how to talk to them back and forth. And also um, he does the commentating as well, too. It's like, of course, yeah. that that takes a lot of practice and a lot of work to even just get good at that. So, yeah. and so much knowledge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of the game, <laughs> it blows it blows my mind. It's cool. It's been it's been fun. It's been fun watching. I am not a competitive player. I I 
play this one very small competitive format. And um, uh, it's possible that I would I would try at some point, but uh, I've got enough on my plate right now. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> then trying to, to learn how to how to do a whole other format. Yeah, that that was the thing that really started turning me off with pro magic or, or just competitive magic, I'd say, because um, trying to like break myself in there because, you know, I, I was the type of guy who, you know, I'd be the local FNM hero, you know, like, yeah, I've foroed plenty of FNMs and all that and done decently sure. well at the mid level, like IQs and PPTQs and all that. And just like getting prepped for a GP or something like that, the amount of work that I would have to do mm-hmm. to get ready. I'm, I I did it like once or twice for a few tournaments and I'm all like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't imagine yeah. doing this over and over again because every competitive player I've ever talked to who says as soon as they have spiked a tournament and done really well, they don't even take time to celebrate. They're just right on to the next tournament and practicing for that. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> It's a it's a whole it's a whole different kind of magic. It blows my mind. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed I I've really enjoyed playing Archon um, because it's sort of it's such a small format that it does allow you to brew a little bit still. Mm-hmm. Like your deck is still very personal and it's singleton, so like these little choices that you make are um, you know things that you can you can adjust to your meta or you can adjust to your playstyle um, and it. I, I like that it still allows that flexibility. Whereas when you know if you're playing a modern deck, you're playing pretty much one of the 10, 12 modern decks or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's and that's the list you play with. Um, so I have I have liked that there's there's still some room for creativity in this format, even if it's um, it, it does sort of end up being a good a good stuff pile. Yeah, um, and that's just your deck just has to be efficient, you know. Um, and I have, I have three Archon decks right now and, um, which sounds like a lot because there's like 50 Archon players in the United States, uh, <laughs> but oh, 22 wow. of them are at, 22 of them are at our store. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, we had a pretty big Archon tournament. So, um, so for people who may not know, um, what's Archon, like if, if yeah. it's that small, you know, Hey, maybe we'll get one extra person. Into. It's it's <laughs> awesome. So um, it's so there's one v one commander, mm-hmm. which is a, a format on arena. This is a thirty life format, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that has one ban list. Uh, when one v one went to thirty life, that was a when they adjusted up to thirty life, the format split, and um, it split into one v one and dual commander. So dual commander is sort of the big half of it um mm-hmm. it's it's a 20 life format uh and it has uh, a certain ban list and then there was a recent ban ban in dual commander that was made by sort of um dual commander's biggest in like france and germany yeah and in, yeah. in the uk so all of these formats are biggest overseas um there was a big decision made by a number of the french players to ban a a lot of cards including a lot of staples um and when that happened that format severed and that that left archon so uh archon is is essentially dual commander with with a much shorter ban list um is is what it is so i call it dual commander because it's it 
it's you can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. But technically, technically, we play by an Archon bandlist. Okay. Um, and it's it's just like fast paced um, commander basically, and you get to play, you know, all the all the cards that I I wouldn't play in multiplayer. Like I have three decks. One of them is is Winota, which is you know fast paced Boros aggro. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably my my strongest Archon deck. And then I have an Azusa deck, gross, um, which is gross. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. Um, Sounds fun. It's just hard cast Eldrazi. Uh, Ooh, and, dang, like hard well, like hard I, ramp into Eldrazi. It's so you. It's it's a lot of tutoring. The deck is really hard, oh, hard to okay. play okay. because because there's so many lines for it. So one of the lines is Primetime Field of the Dead. Mm-hmm. One of the lines is um, oh, merit lage merit lage combo, <laughs> uh, and then the other one is cast an Ulamog, um, or an Emrakul. <laughs> so, so is is the can... um, Aeon's Torn Emrakul banned in that one, or yes? Yeah. Okay, okay. Big Emrakul is banned. Um, okay. This is this is their thirteen drop Emrakul yeah. with the Baby take, take a turn Emrakul. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my third deck is Dreddy, and it's it's just stacks and land destruction. It's nasty. Oh, gross! I hate it. Land it wins with like mind slaver. Like it's it, but it's this deck that I just I would never be able to play this in in EDH because it's awful. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's fun to to like I own a devastation. Like it's fun being able to cast these these big dumb red spells. That so sounds it, gross. And, and it's it's taught me how to be. It's taught me how to play competitively. It's taught me how to build competitively, um, and just sort of learn how to play a twenty life format, which I hadn't really done before this. Yeah, no, that's um, that sounds interesting. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever tried any of the dual commander variants before. Um, no, I mean I've done one-on-one commander, which is my regular commander decks, but never any of the dual variants right, yeah. or anything. Um, it's it's very interesting. It's funny how things change, um, just because you have to. It's it's singleton, so it you just can't rely on one thing too much, mm-hmm. um, unless you're playing a combo deck. But then if you're playing a combo deck, you're just playing stack of counter spells, and you're pro- or not counter spells. Um, tutors and you're probably playing like Kenrith like you're playing or Golos um just to get access to all the tutors that you can yeah um it's yeah it's been uh it's been wild but um something new so hopefully someone out there that's listening um you are now the 51st person yeah come play play Archon with us Archon um play dual commander it's it's basically the same (laughs) If so we just allow you to have a wasteland. Yeah, where where do people where can people really play that online? Is it just mainly Magic Online right now, or it's not even available on Magic Online? No, I, I, so I know, I know, sh- I, there, it's what? <laughs> it's not even available on Magic Online. So we play we play on Cockatrice, or we oh, play on oh, like, okay. I know. Yeah, uh, I play I play mostly in paper. I don't I don't really play it online. Um, yeah, just. Our store was was looking for some kind of replacement, not a replacement, but um, something that felt competitive, but you got to play sort of in a legacy card pool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our legacy just our legacy 
group which just wasn't super supported in in our at our LGS for some reason. Yeah. So that's that's how how we kind of slipped into this. People will say it's it's like a singleton legacy, but really only in the card pool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's um I I used to play in Cockatrice um back in the day. It, it's my favorite thing about that program was the uh the filtering of the cards. Like just being able to search for anything, sure. but and that was before Scryfall. Like now that Scryfall is around, it's right. I don't really use it, but it's obsolete. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's that was my favorite. That that's how I built a lot of commander decks was just searching the whole card database of you know that makes sense. Yeah, the random stuff out there, and um, I I kind of miss those days of like before pre EDH rec and Scryfall and you know, all these database of commander decks. And I'm not saying like any of that stuff is bad because it's great that, you know, hey, if there's some cards I can't figure out what's good for a commander, boom, I can just go to a site. But I, I, I kind of miss mm -hmm. the exploration part. But then it also saves me a bunch of time. I don't have to go through that anymore. Yeah, I I'm a, I love the building aspect of it. And I definitely oh, yeah. like finding weird cards and, and weird interactions. And that's why like commander is my favorite still is just like, all right, well, how can we make these two weirdos work together? Um, oh, yeah. And so I, I kind of love, the, I feel like most of the time if I go to EDA Trek, I'm just going to see if I found something new. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't spend too much time on EDA Trek anymore, uh, unless I'm just like, you know what, what does a burn deck in Commander look like? And it's cool that you can you can go there and figure that out yeah i use um, it mainly I, for I do like i do like finding a weird old card and being like okay how many decks is this in an eda track yeah like, how smart am i <laughs> <laughs> no i i use it um for trying to fill in some of the blanks like if i'm building a deck and mm, yeah. i just can't think of you know my last three cards or something right it's i'll go there fill in the blanks for it or or i'll see what new cards have come out and see like oh would this fit in any of the commander decks that i'm currently playing you know yeah it's such an incredible resource and i, I oh yeah i really i like i i think i go uh to just look at like okay show me esper commanders and be like all right, all right do i like any of these no all right we're moving on as for as far as the one combo that has eluded me entirely i can't figure out yeah i used <laughs> to play or Esper, enjoy it. Yeah, I used to play Esper Aloro, um, just life gain mm. shenanigans and but sure, yeah. It it just got too too boring, too slow and all that. Just Yeah. Mm. There it really I, I think Azorius in particular really struggles to win in a multiplayer format. Um like the win cons just feel like I, it may have something to do with the way I play or the way that I build specifically. I just, whenever I build those, it feels like you either have to do an infinite combo or like some sort of alternate win con, which well, I think a lot of it depends on the commander too. Cause, um, Maybe, yeah. cause I, I have a Geist of St. Traff deck and um, sure. that's uh, mainly Voltron build and all that, but that yeah. can, you know, if I give them like hexproof indestructible and you yeah, know all this stuff, there. I can win pretty quickly and all yeah. that. Um, but it may just be be like I I just haven't found the right thing yet. Yeah. the The other commander that I've been interested in building was one from Commander Legends, the Kanji. I, I want to do Bird Tribal, Azorius. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Azorius Bird Tribal looks fun. So just 
get a bunch of birds and you know recreate Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that card is awesome. That card, yeah. like I looked at it and I was like, okay, so this is going in the ninety nine of a couple of things that I would build. Um, I've re- I've really been interested in building a um. Oh no, what's his name? The Just Guy Wall. Oh, um, it's Ray like Khan. Uh, that you choose your opponents left or right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like I really like Primacon specifically as an aggro commander. An aggro because, commander because he protects you. So you, you play Primacon and like you can be scary and only one person can hit you. Ooh, I didn't think of that. Ooh, that's so smart. the problem. The problem with aggro is is that like you're scary fastest and then the whole table kills you. But if Pramicon can cover your ass a little bit, then maybe there's room. Ooh. So that's I was thinking about like a like a Pramicon flyers type of thing or just a Pram Pramicon efficient creatures deck would be really fun. Ooh, yeah, you gotta let me know if you build that deck, because that sounds fun as hell. Right? Um, I know. It, it's um it, it does look a lot like a couple of decks that I have already. So I, I think I'm gonna put a list together and we'll see we'll see how spicy it is. But I, I yeah. really just wanna play a couple of like uh, like the hexproof drawing sphinx is insane and i want to oh, play that, that sounds card, fun so. ha, ha, do yeah. you know of um benny smith yeah of course um he, i just had him on the podcast um I, I we recorded a few days ago and um he was talking about building the new rebecca i think commander Ugh, Rebecca is awesome. Rebecca is one of my favorite legends coming out, that came out of Commando Legends. Yeah, and the the one where it just ends the turn. And I, when I first saw that card, and I told him, and he explained oh, oh, to me, Obeka, or Obeka, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, yes, yeah. no, totally. Yeah, the um, he, he when I saw the card, I'm like, oh, this is crap. It just ends the turn. I'm like, I, I what's so good about that? And then he started showing me all these cards. I'm like, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. damn, like you know, just all these. Yeah. And the turn effects, like, oh, I'm going to do Act of Treason against your big creature, and the turn. It's mine mm-hmm. now. That's mine. Like, oh, yep. shit. Oh, it was... Yeah, there's so, there's a lot of cool things that you can do You can do with Obeka. There's a lot of, like, bad cards that are good now. That, yeah. Like, they say, like, draw four cards at your upkeep, discard your hand on your end step, and you're like, no. <laughs> and, like, it's... <laughs> There's some there's some cool stuff you can do with Abeka for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the the other commander that I'm excited to build something um with is oh god, what's his name? Yurlock? The Jun one? Yeah, of of the Scorch Thrash. Yeah. Yes. I, bring back mana burn. Give everybody extra mana. I love it. Give, give everyone all the mana they could want. And make sure you spend it all. If not, then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I love that it's um overabundance.deck is like yeah. what it is. That's very I, I cool. Love the theme of it. Though the the commanders that yeah, Dan Dan's putting together your lock deck. Oh, nice, nice. The 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 one commander partner pair that I'm excited to build the most. Um, and it's not the most efficient one, but I just love the flavor of it. Is Rograk and Falthus. Great, and, little guys. Uh, I, I I love them because I just think it's it's like a little kobold with his pet cat, and he's just gonna come and terrorize yeah. you. <laughs> I uh, the uh, familiar cycle is so cool. Yeah, I, I love, love that. There's like a horse, and you get to pick who rides the horse. Like, that's, right? I'm on board. Um, the flavor of it is is really great. I I've, I've been just 
all over the place with what kind of decks I'm actually going to build out of Commander Legends. Oh, the only no. one that I've built so far is um, is Rogue Rock Chroma. I put together my deck from, yeah. from Game Nights. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't yeah, even touched. I haven't touched any of them yet. It's. I, I. I'm looking at them right now at my desk, and I'm all like, "I'll get to it eventually. I'll get there." I know. <laughs> I have. Um. I want to do. Wanna... I want to do Averna Cascade. Um. Cool. And, yeah, Averna's neat. Yeah, and then um. Oh my God, what's the the tree beard one? Um. Uh, oh yeah, his name is Kalfanor. Uh, Kalfanor. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Colfenor. Colfenor. Or Colfenor. C-O-L, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at yeah. pronouncing these names. I can't ever... No, it's okay. I was, I'm just, just trying to remember it. <laughs> He's the Abzan guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my kitty. And she's... Yeah, her sweetie. Yeah, her name is I Prim. I running around here somewhere. Cute. Primrose after the Hunger Games character. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, okay. we, we... Mine we, is... We've also got Katniss as well, too. Cute. <laughs> I have I have Scully, and people always ask me if there's a Molder, but no, oh, she no is Mulder. she is flying solo these days. Oh, was there ever a Molder or no? No, no. Scully's my first cat. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, so we're it's it's been fun. I think if I get a dog, it would be funny to name it Fox. I don't think I would name it Molder, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, yeah, you you, you probably saw my orange one in the back there at some point yeah mm-hmm. um her name is Arya because um she was my favorite character in game of thrones um of course yeah and then my 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 all black one is katniss and you'll probably never see her come on cat stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah she loves the microphone as well yeah she's a pain in the butt like she bothers me all the time at work and um you know because mm-hmm. i work at home <laughs> and all that it's like i'll be on an important meeting and just plop right in front of my keyboard and I'm all like come on cat yeah but um Scully is uh she's a regular in our morning meeting <laughs> so everybody at CFB has met Scully oh that's right you work at CFB now um I do yeah you that's are in the last couple of months a designer for them so what does that mean that you're a designer like yeah. what, what do you exactly do per se if, if you can elaborate um I put together uh totally I um I put together a lot of the campaigns. I put together a lot of like the web banners and the social media posts, and I've um, a lot of the images on the website. Like I did all all the Black Friday stuff, and okay. I work closely with um, uh, uh, another designer and and just to put together. He does mostly video and web stuff, and I've done mm-hmm. a lot of the just like banners in forty five different sizes. But it's fun. You get to come up with. Um, like you know, cute little jokes that you can use as as advertising, and and they all get run on our social media. So oh, that's cool. It's yeah, it's been great. That's cool. And you've been and at it's that fully, for fully from home. So oh, nice, nice. And you said you've been doing that for a couple months now. Yeah, because I think I remember um, a couple months. Yeah, like you pinging Channel Fireball that, that one time, or or something. There was something you did on Twitter that I, I can't remember what though exactly. I, yeah, I um I did a post about about just getting the job. I think was, oh maybe was that's a big what one. it was. But yeah. I did, but he did. But they definitely like I. The reason I applied for the job was because my boyfriend from the from the Twitter the Twitter post like LSV was like hey we're looking for a designer and I um, sent him sent him my information. <laughs> oh, well, nice, nice. So um yeah, I lucked out. 
So I guess starting to wrap things up here, I know you've got um, something going on in about 25 minutes or so. Yeah, um, we're playing a boxing league game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I knew you were streaming something EDH. Um, did you already build your deck for it? I did. Yeah. Okay. I put together a. Um, it is Jessica and Malcolm, and it's pirates. Ooh. Okay. So I, it's J- it's, Jess- it's Jessica's the planeswalker. Yeah. Jessica. Jessica's the planeswalker. Okay. Uh, and Malcolm is whenever a he or a pirate deals combat damage, you make a treasure token. Ooh, that sounds good. It it's pretty fun. I just kind of opened everything you need to open to make this deck. Like I got the mythic pirate that gives you extra combats. I got oh, the God. rare pirate that whenever a pirate enters, you like you grab something for a turn. Did you get I Hull got, Breacher like, too? I didn't get Hull Reacher. He's oh. the one that I was missing. But I did get, like, I got Zara, and I got the Jesus. uncommon one. <laughs> and I got, like, just, just like, all the, pi- like, the deck, was, it was just pirate box is what I wow. opened. <laughs> wow, so that's it's, crazy. It's, it's, is it pirates? Yeah, and I'm opening, opening Ixalan and Rivals, and I'll Ooh. throw some more pirates in the mix. So. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That'd be really good. Um, it's fun. No, that's awesome. So, it. Is there anything uh, coming up that you want to tease? Because when this will come out, mm. um, this will come out next Friday as of this recording, which okay. would be December 11th. Um, and we're recording on December 5th right now. So is there anything coming out that you want to tease or anything like that? or? Well, the first one will be out to patrons already, but um, we did a sort of special December episode for the commanders here that... Um, we play D&D in Theros and oh, DM'd, nice. and DM'd and um, it was me and my buddy Mike Rosa, who's a comedian and a magic player, and he plays a lot on Commander's Brew, if you ever watched Battle of the Brews. Okay. Um, and Sheldon Mary played with us, so oh, we played... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember you guys yeah, teasing we, that, yeah. We played, a, we played a one-off, and those episodes are going to come out over the next couple of weeks. The first one comes out December 7th to patrons, but all of those are going to be coming out right around the holidays. Um, okay. So if you if you want to join, be a patron, you can get access to all of those early, but keep an eye out for, for all of those episodes. Yeah, and I'll, have, um, I'll make sure I have links in the show notes, too, for Command Sphere and all that if you want to check them out. Um, yeah, please. And where can people find you if they want to check you out online? Um, besides Twitter, mm-hmm. is there anywhere else that you're on? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is really the best way to do it right now. That's at Wachel Reeks. Um, okay. Uh, that is, the, and that'll have the links to sort of everything you need to find that goes to Commander Sphere, that goes to Better Than Heroes, and you know anything new that's that's coming up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning for coming on chatting with me about. Of course. God, we chatted a lot about a lot of stuff. Um, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, it, it's like I said, I wish we could go longer, but I know you've got a, a stream coming yeah. up. Um, and like I said, I am fully expecting when Magic Fest comes back that you, Jason, all Dan, whoever, whatever other magic yeah. comedians there are out there to start a stand up we'll find a corner somewhere stand up you know <laughs> la- like magic lounge something like that at the magic fest so <laughs> no that'd be fun but um i work at cfb i'll see what i can do <laughs> yeah right right it, 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 if they if they get back the whatever magic fest contract i don't know i don't know what the heck's gonna happen but yeah. if they do manage to get get it back and bring back cfb events you know put that in their ear 
Yeah, that sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. No, thank, thank you. Um, and you're welcome. And I hope you have a good day. <laughs> too. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for watching the show and listening to the show as well, too. Um, hope you all really enjoyed it. Um, thank you all for listening, watching. Really do appreciate it. And hope you really enjoyed uh, the conversation with Rachel. Yeah, we did have a little bit of um, issues with lag. There was some delays like during certain parts of the of the interview but i mean we're doing what we could do um it could have been an issue with discord or something with my internet or her internet something i don't know it wasn't too bad though there were certainly some parts where we'd be talking and then i noticed she'd be a little bit behind or she would respond to something i said a little bit you know too late and um it's just just technology part of you know not much we could do about it so Thank you all for listening, watching out there. Be sure to check out Command Sphere if you're not already, and have a great day.